Ag State of Mind, episode 156. This episode is brought to you by Red Summit Advisors and farmingtheweb.ca. Create your first listing today and receive a $15 Tim Hortons gift card. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hey, this is Ann over at the BLM. With this drought, we're going to need to cut that permit two weeks early. We sure want those calves, but they'll be coming in light, so we'll need to negotiate. Hey, this is your Red Summit Advisors agent. We've got a check in the mail to you now from your PRF policy. Help restore your peace of mind with solutions like pasture, rangeland, and forage insurance. Visit RedSummit.com or call 1-800-825-2355 to talk with a local agent about how PRF insurance could help you stay afloat this year. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast. With you, as always, is me, your host, Jason Meadows. Today, I have another repeat guest on the podcast, and I love when people come on the podcast for the second time because we seem to get to break down some of the barriers early. I mean, there's no barriers to be broken down because we've already gotten to know each other. We've kind of know what the other one's kind of talking about. And uh, so Whitney Kinney is here with me today. Whitney joined me back, I think it was last year. And uh, we chatted all things about leadership coaching and the things that she's doing. Uh, And she reached out to me, funny enough, her husband, Shane, was supposed to be on the podcast too, and he will be soon. But uh, I had a little rural internet problems last week. And uh, so um, he didn't get to be on yet. And she's actually getting to uh, double lap him, lap him over here. So, uh, Whitney, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. Thanks so much, Jason. It's good to be back. You know, that rural internet service, we, um, have new electric poles going up because we're supposed to be getting fiber. So we are very hopeful that it's going to head around to the rest of the state and beyond. Remind me, where do you live? We are Uh, in Clinton, Missouri. You're in Clinton. And that is, If you're familiar, if you drew a line between Kansas City and Springfield, we are right on Highway 13, halfway between the two. Okay. I get Clinton and Chillicothe mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Chillicothe is further north. Uh huh. And then there's a Clinton County. Yeah. That's up in that Chillicothe area. Okay. Okay. Stewartsville and Cameron or Clinton County. So sometimes people get confused about the county name or the town name. Yeah. Yeah, That's super annoying. They should make, they should have all the, you know, if there's a town similar or same, it should be in the same county. Right. Absolutely. And you know that you're from rural Missouri when you're talking about what county you're from. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you reached out to me and you've been working on some kind of new stuff, integrating new stuff into what you've been doing. But uh, it's just a quick reminder for the folks, kind of tell everybody a little bit about what you do. um, And then we'll kind of get into the new things that you've been doing. Yeah. So I'm a career and leadership coach, and I also speak to professional audiences. And so 
a lot of the clients who come to me are either in a job search or know they need a change, but they're not sure what they need to change, or they're wanting to figure out how to leverage the strengths of their team or how to better engage the team that they work with if they're an organization or a manager. Um, But yeah, I have been, even this week, Jason, have had so many clients calling with this feeling of overwhelm, frustration, burnout, exhaustion. And so that's Mm -hmm. a new area that we we have been coaching to, but now we have the framework to really walk people through that because we've been there and we know how discouraging that can be. So what do you think it is? I mean, you know, we'll get into your framework here in a minute, but what do you think it is that people are, I mean, obviously it's a commonality that you're seeing if it's something that you are really trying to hone in on and as far as your coaching, uh, What seems to be the common thing of people who are experiencing this stress and burnout at this time? Uh, Because, and I'll be, I'll be totally honest here is it's something I've been experiencing a lot of myself in the last three months or so. Um, What do you think's going on? Yeah. You know, I think as we look collectively at ourselves at our family members, our colleagues, our friends, the people in our community, and then globally too, I think we just are in this cycle of stress, right? Mm -hmm. We have been constantly inundated with things that feel a bit chaotic and messy. And we have internalized that as a habit of stress, right? I know that you and I talk a lot about habits um, with our audiences, and I think stress has become a habit and a collective feeling for us. And so when we don't manage what is happening to us and around us, or we don't manage our mindset, our mental health, our physical health, our emotional health, relational health, vocational health, right? Like all of these things impact how we view the world and then also how we react to it. And I think it's a, just a stressful time that we're all facing, regardless of where that stress is coming from. We are feeling stress. It's a hard cycle to break because I think stress as, as contradictory as it might sound, stress can be almost like a, a comfort like or not, I mean that's that's mm. silly to say. It's not a comfort, but it's a it's familiar. It's something yeah. that people are familiar with. They're familiar with being stressed all the time, and, right? And that's a terrible, unhealthy way to. And, and again, I a hundred percent am 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 guilty of this because I know I recognize it in myself, um, and it's something that I just uh, you know the more inundated we are with information all the time and Mm -hmm. we feel like we need to be on top of things even more because what if somebody else is more on top of it than I am, then there's a scarcity around that. You know what I mean? It's just this, again, like this cycle of stress and um, it's not sustainable. Right, right. And I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm thinking of a very specific instance when we were getting ready to go on a trip and I was just sitting on the bedroom floor kind of in a moment of inaction. I, there, it felt like there was so much to be done before we could physically 
leave the house on this trip. And Mm -hmm. I recognized I was having a stress response and I was choosing that because as you said, it's familiar, right? So when the list gets too long or the plate feels too full or the burdens are too heavy, are we responding out of familiarity and making stress our first turn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and recognizing that there are a lot of things that we have choice over in how we respond versus react. And so, yeah, you know, this is very much a personally lived um, story for myself too. And I was sharing with you earlier, I think one of the best things that happened to me was being able to walk through this framework not only for my clients, but to help myself. So I'm right there in it with everyone else who's feeling that burden of stress. I was having a conversation with someone today and we were talking about what's, what's the most automatic emotion that we have. And in this conversation, we were talking about anger as an automatic emotion when really it might just be shock. Like I'm shocked that someone just did something, but it comes out as anger because that's the one I'm familiar with. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or I feel like there's too much to do and not enough time. Well, stress is the automatic mm-hmm. habit or emotion that we feel. And I don't want people to stay stuck in that. So in my early career, I thought stress was just part of being a successful professional. Mm-hmm. And I thought coming home and feeling like I just couldn't do it another day and crying on the couch and saying, I don't want to do this job anymore. A job that I loved, by the way, I thought that was normal. And I needed someone waving a red flag to say, you don't have to sit here. This isn't normal. You can readjust the sales and go the direction that was meant for you to go. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. hundred percent. You're right about it being a choice and we'll get into your framework just right after this, but I want to kind of give you give a little personal story here. Um, I've been experiencing some stuff the last couple of months um, that I've been very resistant to and like really resistant to seeing like the actual, it's just so natural for me to be, see the stressful side of something that I just, I cannot I'm just having a hard time even seeing the good side of it. And here's what it's going on. So everybody who follows me on social media knows I have this set of heifers every year. I take them to a different farm, um, kind of let them grow over there. Take And then in the summer, I breed them, pull the bull out, bring the calves home, um, take the heifers to sale barn, preg check them, bring the ones that are bred home, sell the others. Uh, usually I get a I don't put a whole lot into them. I just, I get a pretty good breed up. Well, this year was awful. Like, I don't know if it was drought stress. Uh, they just weren't a good fit for my environment. I don't know, but I mean, it was a, it was a almost, it was pretty much like in terms of just looking at uh, cows exposed versus it, verse two actually got bred. I mean, it was, it was a train wreck, uh, but I ended up selling all of them. The prices for that kind of cattle were as high as they've been in six, seven years. And um, so like, you can see where I'm going with this. You know, 
it's a, it was actually a good thing. Like that mm-hmm. this happened for me right now. Uh-huh. Um, we're got some projects going, we need the extra cash flow. Um, you know, if they weren't bred, I didn't need those cows anyway. Um, but I keep getting stuck on, well, why didn't they get bred? Mm-hmm. Which is the, which is, I mean, if you really sit and think about it, that's like the least important thing of the whole deal, because mm-hmm. if they didn't get bread, they didn't make money right as I mean, even if they did, even if all of them got bread, they aren't going to make money for another year or more, you know, mm-hmm. now they can just kind of like, so you see where I'm getting at, not when mm-hmm. to get too into the weeds here. Um, I'm really hung. I've been really hung up on that. Like, wow, did I do something wrong? You know what I mean? <laughs> because like, I, I thought I knew what I was doing with this and turns out. Um, but again, you know, to see it from a, from a proper mindset, which is what mm-hmm. I'm really trying to do, but I'm resisting, <laughs> resisting hard, hard at it. Uh-huh. Um, is that I'm just, uh, I, I, I want to see the bad in something that actually there's a lot of good too. Right. Let me ask you this, the seeing the good, when you, when you remind yourself that this is a good thing, can you, can you agree with that in that moment? Is it just a matter of you have to remind yourself over and over and over again? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can agree. I a hundred percent know that it's a good Uh thing. And again, and, but the trouble is I like forget that. Right. But isn't that life in general? Yeah, right. Really? So, so Shane and I talk about this a lot because he will share similar um, experience with you that he wants to remember. And same with me, I want to remember things and not have to be reminded, but it's, mm-hmm. it's very natural for us to have to remind ourselves sometimes moment by moment, right? Not even day to day, right? Because I can start out the day and have like this, oh, this is, this is a truth I know. And by lunchtime, (laughs) I have forgotten everything that I have declared as truth. Right. So it's not always, exactly, exactly. So, but what's wrong with that, right? What's wrong with having to remind yourself? Nothing. It's, but, but you do have to remind yourself. That's the uh-huh. key. That's like yeah. the, that's the X factor here uh-huh. is like, you uh-huh. do have to take that time to remind yourself. Oh yeah. It's the taking the time mm-hmm. and, and pausing, like quieting the noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh-huh. percent. Yeah. Which is that's, and I think that's the hardest thing for me to do is quiet mm-hmm. the noise. Right. Right. Because when we are too busy and work. I mean, for my, my personal experience right now, something I'm working on is quieting and not being addicted to my phone or Mm. addicted to consuming Mm -hmm. technology, social media updates. And, um, I don't know that, I don't know if we talked about this last time or not, but, um, Martin Luther King, I think he, he, I know he wrote, I think his, I dream is, I have a dream speech when he sat down quietly at his dining room table after his kids and family were asleep and he was sitting quietly at the kitchen table. And that's where that came from because he had mm. space and silence. But most of us, when we have our kids in bed, we're sitting somewhere consuming some kind of media. We just don't have that mm-hmm. silence, that quiet, that pause or margin built in 
Yeah. And we, we need it desperately. So last week, um, uh, as you and I speak right now, the podcast has not come out yet, but it will be out um, next week, the week of the second second Monday in October is when the podcast is coming out. It's with uh, uh, Ganalyn Condi. She's uh, she's a speaker out of Utah. Um, she she has one of my favorite scripture study podcasts. Actually, it's not one of my favorite. It is my favorite, and um, she she is a very open advocate for mental health and for addiction. And I asked her, I said, "Why why are you such an open advocate for addiction?" Um, because I know that it's not really something that she struggled. I, I could, I told her, I said, it's not something you struggled with. I know. And she said, no, but except for I am, it's just not to the things that we think, you know, mm -hmm. we're all addicts to something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know I am, I'm an addict to, and it's even like, you can be an addict to something that is actually quote unquote good for you, like mm -hmm. information or mm -hmm. content you can overwhelm yourself with that and get lost right. in it, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know? And she said, so in a way we're all, no matter what it is, we're all addicted to numbing mm -hmm. and, and, and we're addicted to the noise. We, we're so uncomfortable in the silence mm -hmm. and, and the silence is actually where the peace happens. Right. Right. And, and when we are, giving our eyes or our ears to something we're creating. I mean, we're worshiping that in a sense, mm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah, like for sure. What, what gets our time, what gets our energy, what gets our emotion yep. that becomes the idol. And I share that. I mean, I seriously wrote out in my journal the other day, kind of this step-by-step, step, what would phone rehab look like? Mm. Right. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But <laughs> I, I recognize that it's, it's, it matters that I change those habits for myself because it helps me to show up better for my clients, but most importantly, it helps me to show up better for my family. Mm, yeah, exactly. Which is what's most important, right? Right, right. Absolutely. So tell me about this framework. We've, we've, we've hinted around at it long enough uh -huh. now. So kind of tell me about it. And, uh, you know, you kind of have a, you have a nice acronym, which I, I love. I, I always appreciate acronyms because they make life a lot easier. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm going to tell you the main acronym and then I have a bonus, um, that just happened, um, just a few days ago. So, okay. um, the acronym is rest and it, mm -hmm. it really, pairs nicely with that idea that we need to quiet the noise. We need to build in silence in our lives, hold margin. Right. Um, and so rest is not something I naturally do well. And most of the, uh, high achieving professionals that I work with, and I'm sure the folks that are listening, I bet they're not good at rest either <laughs> mm -hmm. because we don't build a lot of margin into our schedules these days. And, um, so it was important to me to focus on rest, focus on margin. And I tell the story, we were burning pastures last spring. And so Shane mowed the fire line. So we had, you know, the strip in the pasture around the area that we wanted to burn and everything was going great until the wind picked up. 
and our fire lines were not wide enough Mm. when the wind conditions changed drastically. And so the fire jumped the line and Shane called and I was on the other side and he said, I need your help. And so we had flames just rushing towards our neighbor's pasture, which was full of mama cows and, um, a gravel road to the North. So we knew we only had one side we had to get stopped, but I mean, how are you going to stop flames on a windy at this point day? And so it stands out to me because I was full of adrenaline, just nervous, scared, right. As these really tall, hot flames are just out of my control. And it parallels to me, like that stress we're talking about when conditions change and we don't have enough margin in our lives to be able to fight the flames that come at us. And now we're just trying to keep everything going. And, Mm -hmm. and I think, I think most of us spend our lives in this firefighting mode and there is a, such a thing as healthy stress, right. That helps push us towards growth. Right. But this chronic state of stress in firefighting mode where we don't have enough margin, it's just not where we're meant to live. It's not going to get us to our best, healthiest version of who we are. So this is where rest all came from. I, I could write a book burning fields, Jason, because Mm -hmm. I just watch those flames and see all of the visuals of life and just the life cycle. I, I love the process, not necessarily when it got away. Um, fortunately we were able to put it out, uh, before it got to the neighbor's pasture, but it was, um, it was enough to, to really let me reflect on life and how we can set up better margin in our lives. And so the R in the in the rest acronym is for reflection. Mm -hmm. And so reflection is where we do get silent and we check in with ourselves because most of the time we are just going from activity to activity and we're not even asking ourselves, why am I doing this? Or what is my purpose today? Mm -hmm. Or who am I serving? Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I want to be able to encourage the folks that are joining us today to ask questions and have set times to check in with themselves. Um, And so I will share a list of questions that fit into each of the um, areas, but reflection is so important. I think we talked about it last time that I was on, but there's so many of us that feel that we know ourselves, but we're living under a false understanding Mm -hmm. of who we are, Mm -hmm. or we are, yeah, we're just not, we're not checking in with ourselves and being honest with ourselves about who we are, what we want, what matters to us, what we need, what we want. Uh, And then once we know kind of those questions, how can we advocate for ourselves both at work and at home? That's really the crux of the conversation is how can we shape our lives to where we aren't in a chronic state of stress, but we're better able to live out the life we were created to live. Yeah. There's this, and I can't remember the name of it, but I remember I was at a church meeting and they talked about this graph of stress mm-hmm. where there's, there's a zone 
that you, because you don't want to have no stress. Right. Because when you have no stress, there's nothing good that comes out of it. You're being lazy. Mm-hmm. You're being complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want that. You don't want to be on that end. But on the other side, you don't want to be burned out. You don't want mm-hmm. to be ap- become apathetic. There's a, there is a normal zone of stress and it's, uh, sometimes it's, you've really got to watch it because it can turn into healthy stress. Like you say real quick, right? Like it can, it can get in, it can jump that fire line mm-hmm. so fast because mm-hmm. we, like you say, we think we know ourselves until we, mm-hmm. until something like that happens mm-hmm. and we haven't allowed ourselves enough. I like how you say margin to, mm-hmm. for things to, 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 you know, to things to get extra stressful and push us over the line. Like we yes. need it. We have to. We have to work in and in any business plan too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's relate this to business. All businesses have worked into like their budget, uh, like loss or mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, theft in a, in a retail setting, you know, because it's unavoidable and there's going to be unknowns all the time. So they have to be worked in. Otherwise you're just going to, there's no way to, you, you can't just, just, you can't just totally accept, uh, expect to be on that tight ship all the mm-hmm. time because there's going to be unknowns thrown at you all, all the time. Right. But we hold ourselves to impossible expectations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We expect ourselves to be perfect and that's unrealistic. And that sets us up for a big crash when right. we don't meet those expectations. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I like, I like that you said that about the business. We should be, we should be building in margin like that, like to expect losses, losses of productivity, you know, and even this is going off on a tangent, but I found myself this week sitting down. I dropped my son off uh, to spend time with his grandma while I was going to head back and get some work done in my office. And normally that drop-off is very quick and it's a fast transition, but I gave myself 30 minutes to sit and talk to my mom Mm. while my son was there to play. And that 30 minutes was life-giving it worked out for me because I was able to bump some things back and I'm still trying to play catch up on things that I didn't do in that 30 minute slot, but it was okay. Mm, and, mm-hmm. and that was where I wanted to spend my time there. But I mean, Jason, I've spent two years doing that and I haven't sat for the 30 minutes as many times as I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. And so right now, like what matters most to me, right? I'm answering the question, where do I want to be spending my time? And how can I walk the walk as Mm -hmm. much as I've talked the talk? Mm -hmm. Um, And those are hard. Those are hard decisions. And again, it's back to that moment by moment. I'm having to remind myself moment by moment. Okay. What, what's the choice that's going to help me live the life that I want to live? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I think each of us, again, becoming really intentional. That's something mm-hmm. each of us can ask ourselves in, mo- in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I used this framework in the last month, several times because we had illness in our house. And mm. so 
on a Monday, I found out, oh, things are changing. Plans have to shift big time. Right. And so I sat down and I said, okay, for the reflection part, what matters now? Right. So like plans are changing. So what's the top priority? How are like, what needs to happen was basically the question, because I know when plans change or when things kind of blow up, we often start to feel frantic and we don't know what to do next. And so that's where I want you to pause reflect. Okay. What's the priority right in this moment? What do I need to take care of? And, um, then move into the next part of the framework is energy. So E Mm -hmm. is for energy. We talk a lot about how to manage our time. We talk a lot about how to manage our budget and our money, but we don't talk a lot about managing our energy. And so, um, you know, if I told you, okay, it's just like drinking a bunch of you just drink a bunch of caffeine, right? And push through. Isn't that right? I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. So in my first job, I didn't like coffee, but, uh, six months into my first job, um, we went from a staff of four to a staff of three uh-huh. and I was 22 at the time, right out of college. And I was like, yeah, I can help take on the role of the person who just left because I was new and had no idea that that was impossible and the worst idea ever, but eagerly I took it on and I did it by waking up early and having a travel mug that I would put under the Keurig and fix coffee. And then after lunch, I would fix more coffee. And I got myself addicted to caffeine only in like two or three cups a day. Right. Which is by today's standards, maybe not terrible, but I didn't even like coffee to begin with, but I thought this was my, this was my ticket to be a professional who can be successful. (laughs) And I burnt the candle at both ends and I ended up crying on the couch to my husband every night (laughs) after a year of that. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so no caffeine is not the answer, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, eating, eating lunch at a normal time, managing, getting enough calories, getting the right calories, the right nutrients. That's a good first step. I always talk about food, making sure you're nourishing your body, making sure you're moving your body, right? It doesn't have to be rigorous, but go get some fresh air. That'll do wonders for your energy level. But I ask my clients and the audiences I talk to, I ask them to write down a list of what refuels them. What What makes a deposit into their energy piggy bank? Because we are running on empty way too often. Mm -hmm. And so I want them to know what refuels them. And I want them to schedule what refuels them. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. if that's a walk every day from 11 to 1110, right? Just a 10 minute walk to get some fresh air. Uh, If that's making sure that you block 30 minutes for lunch and instead of scarfing down food while you return emails. It's actually a true moment of sitting completely quietly or doing something that refuels you Mm -hmm. while you're also, um, eating lunch. So the question is where can you block in or build in time to recharge during your day, before your day, after your day? Yeah. And there's time. I mean, there's time, like you say, it can be a 10 minute walk or, um, you know, just as I like to sometimes just, 
I, there's there's a place outside not far from where I work. I just go out there and I sit down and um, just especially on a nice day, you know, just sit out there and just kind of be quiet. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's funny that you talk about this now. I, it, it's very timely because I've been struggling really hard with um, with energy mm-hmm. um, because I was waking up too early. I was going to bed too late and I was relying on caffeine way too much. And you know what the crazy thing is about it is, so I, October's here and I always like to, um, you know, I don't drink alcohol, so I, but I always still like to try to participate in a sober October of some sort. And, and that's usually some, I, I take something that I is quote unquote bad for me and and do away with it well i've been just trying to just totally kick soda uh mountain dew like i i feel like i drink it way too often and the craziest thing is just even one like five what are we we're at october 5th right now today and five days into this i feel a hundred times better and like have I don't find myself just like struggling to stay awake at work. And mm-hmm. again, I I've, I've caught about 30 minutes more sleep every day, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Um, and you know, not drinking that caffeine, like, wow. It, it's so crazy. Cause it's totally opposite of what you would think. Um, but I mean, I think really what it does is your, your, it doesn't have that spikes in that cortisol. And mm-hmm. your cortisol remains a little more even and you don't have these, these highs and lows and mm-hmm. you're just, it's, I mean, I still drink caffeine. Don't get me wrong. Um, but cutting way back. And oh, it's, I'm it glad that it's helping you. Yeah. It, it yeah. makes so much difference. I mean, I am here to tell you, I, and caffeine is something I struggle with and uh, being able to kick back a little bit on it, it has been just, it's just done and again, I've, uh, instead of waking up at 4.20 in the morning, I've been waking up at 4.50, uh-huh. you know, which is, that's still super early, I know. Um, but uh, it's, I've, I've had to be way more intentional about how I am in the morning. And I think, well, obviously we'll get to that. I think with the rest of your framework too, because it's caused me to cut some things out of my morning too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been just, just this last week has made things a lot better. That's awesome. I'm really glad that that has helped you. And yeah, our next spot on the acronym of rest is the S. And so it goes straight into sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that you've figured out how to build in more time, uh, to get the sleep that you need. And I think one question we don't think about is what's your view on sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So I asked myself this probably a year ago. I'm the kind of person that if I get started working on a project, I just want to stay up. I'm a night owl and I would love to just keep going with that creative flow. And I recognized that I wasn't valuing sleep. So I'm curious, um, how do you view sleep? What is your value around sleep? Naturally or what I've learned? Uh, Oh, both. How about both? Okay. Naturally, I've viewed sleep as a hindrance. Uh-huh. Naturally, I view sleep as just time that I'm not able to do something that would be more productive. Right. That's, that's how I, that's how I, and I think that's how a lot of people naturally mm-hmm. yeah. view sleep. 
Mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate to be married to someone who does not view sleep that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie has the utmost reverence for sleep mm-hmm. in all forms, in uh-huh. nighttime sleep, in naps in the middle of the day if she can. Uh-huh. Um, she will, she is, uh, she openly admits how much she loves sleep. So we need to be more like Carrie. <laughs> we do. We absolutely do. She, and it's, um, and again, it's something I've been very resistant to, and I really hate to admit that she's right on this, but, mm-hmm. um, you go way back on the podcast episode Four, I think, was the first time I talked about sleep with uh, Susan Harris. She is no longer—I believe she retired, but she was with the University of Nebraska Lincoln, and uh, she's done a lot of work on sleep. And again, I think she—I had her back on the podcast later. I can't remember when. Um, gosh, it's just there's been so many people for so long now. It's hard to—I used to be really good at saying, "Oh, they were here and here and." I, I, I can't do that anymore. Um, but she was again on the podcast and we talked again about sleep and how important it is. And, you know, it's this like really this kind of final frontier of, of medicine. Mm-hmm. Like we figured not necessarily, not just medicine, but of health in general. Um, you know, we've, we've got everything else. Like we've got, there's a lot of work around it, but like sleep, it's still like, and there's just still this, uh, I, I guess really no other way to put it is there's a um, there's a stigma around it uh, that it's not that valuable. And right. And that's just not true. I mean, it's what happens to a battery if you don't charge mm-hmm. it? it? It runs out of juice. Like it just mm-hmm. it's just such seems like it should be such a simple concept. But it we unfortunately don't value it, don't give it its due value. Right. Don't you think it's because it's not measured externally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. so the people around us don't know, oh, he only got four hours of sleep and he needed eight. Right. And, and everyone needs their own number of sleep, sure. right? I need more sleep than Shane needs. Um, and so I have to hold myself to that. Uh, and so knowing what your number is, but no one, no one's like watching you and seeing the number above right. your head and saying, right. And, you know, you mentioned being that more exhausted, be pretty valuable. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and I know people, some people track their sleep or whatever. That's just one more thing for us to, <laughs> right, yeah. I used to do it. Um, but it might be helpful too, to see how your body feels based on how much sleep you get. Um, but, you know, back to your caffeine story story of feeling exhausted when you were drinking more of the Mountain Dew, going back to stress, man, exhaustion breeds stress, right? I mean, I know you've, you've raised little kids. I've raised little kids, anybody who's, you know, been exhausted in that season of life can remember the fogginess and the stress and the reaction versus response that happens in a season of exhaustion. And so, um, yeah, I, the question after you ask yourself how you view sleep, start asking, how are my habits serving me? Right. And, and that starts before bedtime, right? So do you have a time that you want 
to be lights out? And what will you do ahead of that time? Do you have a bedtime routine? You know, back to the kids example, they have a very set routine, right? Mm -hmm. To successfully get them to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I've long said, we need that too, as adults, right? Mm -hmm. And yet here I am not living it on most (laughs) most days, Mm -hmm. but, but you've got to start with a target, right? You're never going to see improvement if you don't start with what your target is. So identify what time that should be, have a plan and then make the commitment to stick to the plan leading up to this is what I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're pretty, again, I'm, I'm married to someone who's very structured and being a person who's not structured like I am, uh, it's been so beneficial to mm-hmm. me because she is like, Carrie, just this, whole, like ever since we've had, you know, we had twins and they had mm-hmm. to be on a schedule and like our lives have been on a schedule for 12 years now, you know? So, and I'm very, again, I'm very, very <laughs> resistant to that. I don't uh-huh. naturally want to be that way, but I see the benefit in it because mm-hmm. you know what to expect and when you know what to expect and when you can make like when you can take the guesswork out of things and I think we you and I talked about atomic habits the last mm-hmm. time we we chatted and I've probably I think I've read it three times since then oh yeah um it's just an it's probably it's definitely a top five book I've ever read uh-huh. and um just making the good things just habits I mean, for lack Mm -hmm. of any other word, uh, and just making things just second nature to you. And like I said, Uh you have this bedtime routine where, Mm -hmm. and you know, what's so funny is when we get out of a bedroom. So like we have this thing where we all sit down, we go into the living room at eight 30, we sit down, we read our scriptures, we have prayers and then it's bedtime. And sometimes we're just like, just go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like just go to bed. Like you right. know, the kids are like, no, we have to have scriptures and prayer and, and this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. but it's funny because they want, they need, they crave that structure mm-hmm. too. And us as adults, again, we, we crave it too. We mm-hmm. just are, we have listened to the world so much mm-hmm. that we are so resistant to it. Yeah. And no one is, no one is physically in the room with us, bossing us. Right. Right. Like as adults, we have learned independence. I I get bossed all the time, but I (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's great accountability. Um, (laughs) but you know, as adults, we, we have embraced this perception of independence and autonomy and we ignore what we know is best for us, which obviously Mm -hmm. knowing your faith and my faith, we do have, um, our, you know, we have a relationship with Christ who's teaching us like, Hey, this is what I want you to be doing. But physically right there, we choose to often, I choose to often turn my eyes to something else Mm -hmm. and get distracted. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, guilty. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's perfect. So the T for rest is technology, which is 
I've already shared my distractor um, most of the time. So the questions that we would ask about this and it, it impacts our sleep because we stay up too late or we wake up and immediately scroll our phone. Right. And so it's impacting all of these moments where we could be silent and reflect and have a chance to just breathe in our margin, Mm -hmm. like technology is what is stealing our margin, right? Most of us aren't, most of us aren't as busy as we think we are. And then we have a lot of perceived angst Mm -hmm. when we consume content that Mm -hmm. is real or perceived, right? So, I mean, it could be something that you see on Instagram from someone else and you start to think, oh, I wish I was doing that. Or it could be it could be anxiety. This is a true story. It could be anxiety from watching a show like Grey's Anatomy for me that gives you perceived dangers or threats that could happen to your loved ones. Yeah. And I, and- I figured out, like I was being, I was getting really worried about things and realized, oh, it's because I'm picturing these terrible things that are happening on the show as threats to the people that I love. And I've read somewhere, not just somewhere, I've read several places that our bot or our like our minds, our bodies does do not know the difference between what's real and what's mm-hmm. perceived threats, external mm-hmm. threats. They 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 react to them with the same chemicals no matter what. Yes. Like no matter if they're real or perceived, they, they uh-huh. don't, your, your, your body doesn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really like, that was really eye opening to me to see, you know, my thoughts matter and what I consume matters. Mm-hmm. And, and again, like it all takes the, your brain has so much space. Like your, mm-hmm. your brain is a, is a, it, it, it has a saturation point. And you have to be really careful about what you consume when or, or whatever, because it, it takes up space. It all takes mm-hmm. up space, no matter what, you know, and I had this, I had this group text with some friends. Most of them were friends from high school and it started out. And this is how, this is how crazy, how much my life's changed. It started out it was a text because we had a fantasy football league together, which <laughs> thinking about even doing fantasy football now is crazy to me. Cause there's, it's just, there's no way I would take time for that now. Um, but it, you know, the, the text group just kind of stayed on and uh, it's still going, but I got out of it this summer and it was it, part of me, not part of me. I mean, it, it, I felt guilt around it because these were old friends from my hometown. Um, most of them I would all see at kids sports events and stuff still, cause we all still live for the most part. Most of us live in the same hometown. And, um, but I recognized that it was taking up space mm-hmm. and it was a distraction and I have enough distractions mm-hmm. and I just, Again, it was hard. It's been about, I was right before we went on vacation. So it's been about two months I've been out of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been good for me mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it's, 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 it's left space. And um, 
I don't have to worry about ex, you know, opinions of those people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. anymore. And uh, it's just, a, it's, it's a strange kind of thing to kind of have to admit that it was something that, that, that took up so much of my time, but it did. And I recognize, I'm, I'm just glad I rec- it took me a long time, but I'm glad <laughs> I recognized it because it, uh, it's made a difference. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think that's part of guarding your heart and guarding your mind, right? Mm-hmm. You are, you are, um, discerning what needs to flow in and mm-hmm. what is not for you right now. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Because it yeah, is. we are the, we are the gatekeeper. And, and I think those are actually the situations that feel most difficult, or we don't even think we have a choice over them, right? Like I have a choice if I scroll Instagram and I of course have a choice of who I follow, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, what, who are we allowing access to the immediate that tells us, Mm -hmm. Oh, look over here. Right. And there will be people that that's not they're not in the inner circle of our immediate loved ones. Right. Right. Because a text from Carrie, you need right away. Of course. Yeah. A text from these people, that wasn't your priority. Right. So it goes back to reflection. What matters to you? What is your priority now? And, and recognizing that whatever energy you give to that group is energy you're not giving somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, it's all, you only you only have one of yourself to give mm-hmm. right and you have to be you have to be very honestly conservative with where you give yourself because mm-hmm. um you don't want to put too much of yourself somewhere and not leave enough for yourself for where it really matters and again you you said it really well you have to prioritize where mm-hmm. that goes um because uh, you don't want to you, you don't you don't have enough of yourself to to just waste. Right. Right. Well, I like that you, I like that you made that decision. Uh, Again, we have more choice in all of this than we think we do just because we don't take time to ask the question. So really my question is where can we create margin with technology? What do we want technology use to look like in our life? And, um, just be honest about how it's impacting us and recognize that we are being influenced by our phone. I mean, they're called influencers for a reason, right? <laughs> right. We are, yep. we are being influenced. And so I'm trying to, as I practice what I preach, when I'm putting margin and creating boundaries with technology, it looks like me saying, I am the boss of this technology. It is not the boss of me. And if I don't manage it, it's going to, it has been managing me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really hard to say as someone like, and both of us who, um, having a presence on your phone is a big part of what you do, you know? So it's like, it's hard. It's like, you almost put yourself in like this catch 22 of, of sorts. Um, because, you know, on one hand you're telling people you don't need to be on your phone so much, but also you need to be on our phone to actually hear this conversation. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yes. like, I totally know, you know, and it's, but it's like, and, and here's, here's where I've come to peace with that is that, you know, it's not going to be everybody like this message. Isn't just going to get out to everybody. Um, 
but it's going to reach the people that need it or mm-hmm. the, pe- the people who's in the, our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what really matters. You can have the Im- impact on that, even if it is a small group of people, they maybe they're giving you the space and taking away the space from someone else. You know, I mean, not, I shouldn't say someone else, but something else that right. they have deemed less important. And right. you, know, you just have, that's what you have to do to like, just keep showing up for people. And that's what keeps me going and p- keeps me at peace is knowing that uh, even though that like there, we try to tell people to, or not tell people, but uh, encourage people to not be on their phone as much as possible and, and and take the breaks. But, you know, when you are be very mindful of what and (laughs) what you consume. Right. Exactly. So for me, it's not all or nothing. It's not a cold Turkey. Don't be there at all, but it's about having, having a measurable, what do I want my screen time numbers to look like? (laughs) And that's very, yeah. Yeah. And like trying to gradually see those decrease and then specifically, um, looking at the apps that trip me up the most yeah, and, and limiting how much time they will be mm-hmm. there, but knowing that accounts like ag state of mind are providing value. And so seeing your information is going to give me a different level of energy and reflection that's a value add versus just a time suck for lack right. of better words. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Whitney, we're like running close to an hour now. I just like, sorry. Up and realized <laughs> I can't believe it. Like I really like, I, I could not believe it. This was an incredible conversation. Yeah. Thank I, you so uh, much. You know, even though you took kind of, you know, push Shane out of the way here. I, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and sharing like so much wisdom here. This is such good stuff that you brought here tonight. And well, uh, thank you. It's a, it's a work in progress for me. So I like the chance to talk it through with somebody else because it helps, it helps, it helps mm-hmm. me, right? Like yeah. the more we talk about it, the more we can live it out. And that is a huge reason that I keep doing this podcast because mm-hmm. it helps me too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I come on here every single time I jump on a podcast and talk to somebody, it is beneficial to me. And, you know, I know that it helps other people, but most importantly to me, it helps me because it helps you know, when I, I get this information and talk stuff out, uh-huh. uh, I'm a better person and I yeah. show up better for everybody that way. Yeah. Well, what you're doing for your community and the people that are listening to us right now, it matters. And we're thankful for you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Where do people find you online? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Whitney.Kinney. Uh, I will share a link that you can put in the show notes for this okay. um, reflection guide so that they can prioritize rest in their career and life. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and my website is WhitneyKinney.com. Perfect. We'll uh, put all links to that in the show notes. So awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Are you looking to quickly and efficiently buy or sell agriculture products or get the word out about your ag event? Avoid the headaches of using non-ag marketplaces or classified sites and check out farmingtheweb.ca, Canada's best free classified site designed by and for Canadian farmers. Create your first listing and receive a $15 Tim Hortons gift card. Buy, sell, get back to work. 
Get started today and visit farmingtheweb.ca. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.